gentlemen, it is the prodigious, the common professor at proclamation news and gatherance. Come back, flux with the flow and flux with the show. So much today to join in and listen into proclamation news and gatherance. Just want to say I'm overwhelmed with the constant support. Not the lack of support, the constant support. Absolute populism on Castbox, Spotify, but also on YouTube, we're on Facebook. We're here, there, and everywhere. We're on LinkedIn as well, Proclamation News and Gavin, trying to get a message across the whole entire nation. Doing what we can do to get by, ladies and gents. PNG. Come back, my Christianity authoritarian ways. Absolutely, thank you all. We're gonna have to shout out my um, couple of sponsors. Obviously, um, things are running up back to normal now. Everything's running smoothly, swiftly. People coming on board, listening, both deserved and observed. They are part of the aristocracy, social elite. Absolutely. Um, here we go. Come back, my Christianity or four term ways. Day 12, the tribes, well, no, chapter 12, tribes, day 19, Josh, chapter 11, verse 28 to 23. So Joshua took the entire land, just as the Lord had directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel, according to their tribal divisions. The promised land is shared out proportionally to all the tribes of Israel, with the exception of Levi who doesn't get land allocation, but is given refugee city, given refuge cities instead. The second half of the book of Joshua goes into the great de uh, detail with the land settled, the Israelites finally find time to bury Joseph's bones. Joseph had travelled with them right through the wilderness for 40 years and through the conquest of the land until he was finally buried in Sheshem, we often think only two adults survived the wilderness, wanting to get into the promised land under Joshua, but Joseph gets there too after his death. God is faithful as the land is divided. The tribe of Dan has an allocation on the Mediterranean coast near the far north because they went from short-term um, easy option rather than to settle down in area dominated by the Philistines. A famous member of the tribe of Dan is Samson who is called to destroy the Philistines and has several skirmishes with them. The tribe thought they knew better than God and travelled north because to them it made sense. Don't ever try to second guess God. If he shows you a clear path to follow then follow it even if you have reservations. Thank you for tuning in. I went to my little Christianity speech before the show. Um, just want to give a massive shout out to my old sponsors. PSS Alarms. Very, very etiquette and pragmatic work carried out. All works covered including central monitoring providers. All work done including uh, according to insurance requirements. This is a friend of mine's company. He's carried out works in ha uh, Harry Kane's stepmother's house in Hertfordshire Pods Bar. Carried out etiquette works in Essex, such as Casbar Restaurant and many more business. Please get a pen and paper ready. 
Um, the guy's name is Tariq Khan, T-A-R-I-Q in Khan. Installation and maintenance of a true lance, fine arm, CCTV, all work guaranteed and certified to SSAIB standards. 24 hour call out service can provide CCTV for pubs, clubs, restaurants, or new business sets up. Secure your business. Mention Professor Johnson for an extra discount. Tariff's number is 07908 07908 216142 216142 07908 216142 There you go. If you're looking to change your lifestyle, your well-being, um, you're suffering bad sleep, please give this a massive look and a good um, relaxuk.com Relax UK Limited Health Travel and Wellness Products since 1997. They've got some great uh, products in stores. Well worth a look, guys. I'm not even joking. Have a look, see what you think. Go from there. Have a wonderful, wonderful research. Well worth it. Um, before entering the UK roads, think safety, think first. Do not enter the vehicle under sleep deprivation, under influence autism, narcotics. Do not smoke while you're at the ball. Do not be on your mobile phone device. Check for further police um, instruction, road safety signs. Workers, road workers at work. Make sure your MIT tax cards insured. Make sure your safety belts, um, safety belts on. Uh, safety belts on. Driving safety belts. Make sure babies are safety belts adjacent to the car seat and their baby seat adjacent to the car seat. Checking your engine or walk up the coolant tank. Make sure the top top for maximum level. Check your PSI limits. Make sure your tyres not bulged. Check your centimetre wing mirror before turning. Acting in safety system direction ensuring. Got a few instances today, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. In it reach A1156, slow traffic in construction area. Slow traffic on A1156, Millage Road, both ways at Ashcroft Road. In the construction area, 10 feet traffic lights for water main work. 732 reported this morning in it reach. A131, reports of A131 Head Street and A1124 Colts Road traffic is closed for more. M31 this morning. North East of London, M25, all lanes stopped acting queue in traffic due to accident M25 clockwise off junction 26, A121 Wolverham Avenue, a mile after junction towards M11. Watford. A41 queuing traffic southbound at A412 St Albans Road to Dunham Roundabout 940 first reported. East of Central London A206 slow traffic on A216 Trafalgar both ways between Bamber Hill and Maze Hill at 12 past 11am. South East of London A320 road closed unsafe building on A320, Victoria Way, southbound between A324, Lockfield Drive and High Street since Wednesday the 20th of October, 12.33pm. One more incident ladies and gentlemen, we can move on. A12, there is still vehicle congestion slow traffic on A12 in town at Hayat Avenue, George Green Tunnel, congestion to the A406 North Circle, Redbridge Roundabout towards Leighton. All lanes have been reopened at 10 past 11am this morning. Um, we're going to have a short break in a minute, ladies and gents. I want, to, I, want, I want you guys 
to acknowledge. You want to get, get part involved in shaping up the UK. Why wouldn't you? Would you? 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 Why wouldn't you? Shaping up your children's future. Your grandchildren's future. Why wouldn't you get involved? Your full-time job, still get involved. Why not get involved? Have your voice and opinion heard. It's to sign up for a member for Conservative is five pound per year under twenty-six. Under twenty-five, standard party membership and all associated benefits is offered at a special five pound rate for those under twenty-six. Standard is twenty-five pound per year. Standard members play an active role in the party. Can attend our annual conference and receive voting rights in party election. After three months of membership, all from £25 per year or £2.9 per month. Armed Forces Standard Party membership and all associated benefits is offered at a reduced rate for serving and former members of the Armed Forces. You know, if you've got young, if you're looking after your children, get them to sign up. What your party membership gets you helps. Conservatives win elections. All your subscription goes towards their campaign. Choose candidates and vote in leadership elections so you can choose the people that you want to represent you. Take part in the campaign groups like the Women's Conservative Organisations or the Young Conservative, like minded people, and make a difference to our country. Come to a conference, join the MPs, councillors, and activists in the biggest event of a Conservative calendar. Get the latest from the side of the party with regular members, updates and exclusive member invites. Influence party policy, giving feedback from policy briefs. Connect with local conservatives. As a member, you become part of a local association, support local campaigns and attend social events with members just like you. Stand for elections. Members have the opportunity to stand for elections with conservatives. So if you decide that you want to take part in democracy, you can. Why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you want your children to be leading a good life to help shape up the UK? Why wouldn't you want them to become a member? You know, at under, you know, to be 18, start influencing the right way of life, the good way of life. Get them to get involved with voting in politics. Under 25, why not? Let's help shape up Britain for the better, better infrastructure, better paid jobs. And influence children to be in university, reading an hour a day, such as I, such as you, such as you listeners observing. Absolutely, of course you would. Anyway, short break, ladies and gents. sensitive tone with which he's approaching this incredibly difficult issue and he's absolutely right to put the concerns of families and staff first um, and he's also right to say that this issue will not be resolved by one evil man facing justice the big question that everyone is concerned about is could this happen elsewhere and why did this horrendous series of crimes happen over such a long period of time without being detected so I welcome what my right honourable friend has called for an independent inquiry and uh, the Secretary of State's decision to do that. But could I also ask him to praise 
the work of the vast majority of morticians throughout the country who do an incredibly difficult job, extremely well. I met some of them after uh, the Manchester Arena bombing, and I know that he would not want this terrible, terrible series of acts to cast a cloud over their fantastic work. Please stay. I, I can agree uh, very much with my right honourable friend, Madam Deputy Speaker. He's absolutely right to raise those points, and as he said, this. This, uh, these appalling crimes have, have taken place over a number of years and, and, and I, I'm certain that the independent inquiry will, will get to the bottom of that and we can learn not just about uh, mortuaries in hospital settings but much more uh, broadly. But he's also right to draw attention to the work of the vast, vast majority of people that work in mortuaries and morticians and others uh, that support them uh, for, the, for the very difficult and important work that they do. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. This is a truly harrowing case, and I think many people will be shocked not just by the horrific nature of the crimes, uh, but also that many of these extra steps announced today were not already in place. So, can the Secretary of State uh, give an indication of how quickly he expects hospitals to adopt these extra steps of CCTV coverage, swipe access, <coughs> and MPS checks in every single hospital and mortuary? Deputy State. Madam Deputy Speaker, I, I would expect that. NHS trusses, many of those steps, they may well be in place in many trusts. The, the purpose of the NHS writing to all trusts is to ensure uh, that the, the kinds of steps uh, I set out earlier are in place and others. And so they are following the current rules and guidance that's set out by the Human Tissue Authority. But I think what we also need to do is really determine whether the current rules and guidance are, are right in light of uh, these appalling crimes and also if we need to go much further uh, than that, and that is also the purpose of having an independent inquiry. Ms. Raikhan. Full of vile and depraved acts are hard to comprehend, especially taking into account the number of victims and the fact that crimes took place over such a long period of time. And my thoughts are with the families of those victims as they come to terms with the news that they've been told. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the inquiry. We need to understand how this access was made available um, to Mr. Fuller. Can I, can I push the Secretary of State a bit further, especially on the family liaison officers? Can you provide assurances that all of the victims' families have this access for as long as they need, that they can access mental health services for as long as they need as well? And provide some assurances that, as far as you're aware, all the families of the victims have been contacted to date. And, and perhaps the Secretary of State could offer some assistance to the staffs of the MPs who are dealing with constituents going through this, so we can make sure we're offering the most sensitive advice and support as possible. Madam Deputy, my honourable friend is absolutely right to, to make those points, and I can uh, give those assurances that uh, the police have uh, informed my department that uh, all the families of all the victims have been uh, contacted. Uh, they all have family liaison officers, and that support. Uh, and other support, such as uh, counselling support, mental health support, if required. Uh, the, 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 the telephone, 24-7 telephone line I refer to, all of that will remain in place for as long as necessary. And indeed, if we identify and if she is a, as a member of parliament that has constituents, uh, like other honourable members that are affected, uh, uh, thinks that there are other ways to provide support, we of course will be, be willing to do that as well. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker, thank you. Can I thank the Secretary of State for his words and his action? It is much appreciated, as is the solidarity shown 
by the Shadow Secretary of State. Can I also thank my right honourable friends, the member for Tunbridge Wells, for leading the local MPs in this difficult matter. Madam Deputy Speaker, the nation has been absolutely appalled and horrified uh, by the actions that we have heard, and, and none more so by the, the, the feelings of those people in Peacefield, uh, where Mr Fuller was arrested at his family home. They are good people and have been shocked by what they've found. My constituents use the Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells Trust. It is an excellent hospital. I just want to say thanks for uh, waiting there, ladies and gentlemen, for um, a short break, that's all. Was that an email come through? <coughs> a, ch a chancellor says we must do better over MP standards. Says Chancellor Rishi Shinak. We're going to come back and listen to what he has to say in a minute. The government needs to do better than we did last week in handing MP standards. Rishi Shinak has said. Minister was forced to a U-turn after widespread outrage over their attempt to block the punishment of Tory MP Owen Paxton for paid lobbying. The Chancellor told BBC that the correct process should be followed to the letter in such cases. It comes amid ongoing controversy over Tory MPs being paid large sums to do extra work. I mean, like me and you can't get a job but these other MPs are getting paid extra money. My goodness. <laughs> Former Cabinet Minister Sir Geoffrey Cox has been accused of using his Commons office for legal paid work. This is banned under Parliament's Code of Conduct and Sir Geoffrey, who has been investigated by Parliament's Committee on Standards, denies any wrongdoing. The MP for Towage and West Devon is reported to have made at least £6 million from his work as a barrister since entering Parliament in 2005, including almost 900000 in last year. Asked about Sir Geoffrey's earnings, Mr. Schnack told the BBC Economic Editor, Faisal Islam. I'm not familiar with specific details of his case. It wouldn't be right uh, for me to comment on individuals, but we do have established an independent parliamentary process that governs all of the things, and it's obviously right that those are followed to the letter. Reflecting all these things over recent days, for us as a government, we need to do better than we did last week, and we know that. What do MPs will say? Code of Conduct prohibits paid lobbying attempts to alter policy of government or other bodies. The use of public resources, including parliamentary premises, for work not carried out as an MP or minister. MPs must also declare any relevant outside interest when speaking in debates or taking part in other parliamentary activities, individual payments of more than £100 from an outside source, gifts totaling 300 or more from a single source in the course of the year. Asked if the situation surrounding Sir Geoffrey was embarrassed for the UK as it hosts the COP26 Climate uh, Change Conference in Glasgow. Business Ministers Paul Scully said it was frustrating as it's taken away from the really important things at the hand of our planet, let alone our country and government. Lord Evans, Chairman of Committee and Standards and Public Life, said that nothing that an MP should get in the way of their ability to work support of their constituents. 
If somebody's spending a huge amount of their time on a second job, then it can't be maintained support or for the constituents, he told BBC4 today's programme. On Wednesday, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, facing the world's media at COP26, said the UK would not bemoaned a corrupt country. And that MPs who broke the rules should face appropriate sanctions. MPs are allowed to have a second job, but their code of conduct says they cannot use public resources, including parliamentary offices, for personal or financial benefit. Paid lobbying. Attempting to influence government policy for money is also banned. Mr Patterson, a former cabinet minister, resigned as MP last week after he was found to have done this on the behalf of the two friends. Mr Patterson denies breaking the rules and says an investigation into his conduct by Parliament Standards Commissioner Catherine Sun was conducted unfairly. Last week the government blocked her proposal to suspend him with the House of Commons for 30 days. Instead suggesting the system for investigating MPs should be reviewed. But ministers you turn it the next day amid fury from opposition MPs and some Tories. On Wednesday, Commons Speaker Lindsay Hall said controversy had been a dark day with Parliament and urged MPs from different parties to help move Parliament to a better place. Do you think it matters if MPs are getting paid from other jobs while they're being an MP for their constituents? Is it a problem? Are they still getting their job done? Are they still answering queries of the public? Surely that is the main protocol. Are they still answering the queries from other people that are flowing through the local constituency office? Absolutely. UK is not a corrupt country, says Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson has hit back at a slew delegation insisting the UK is not remotely a corrupt country. Prime Minister said MPs face tough scrutiny and those who broke the rules should be punished. He was speaking to the world's media at the COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. It comes controversy over Conservative MPs with second jobs and investigations Sir Joffrey going to paid outside work in the House of Commons office. We're just talking about this. This is a well-paid lobbying attempting to influence part, uh, government policy in return for money is banned on MPs' rules. Arsley had a message to voters concerned to buy headlines and return to austerity sleeves. Mr Johnson said, I genuinely believe that the UK is not remotely a corrupt country and I genuinely think that our institutions are not corrupt. We have a very, very, very tough system of parliamentary democracy and scrutiny, not least by the media. I think you have got is cases where shabby MPs have broken the rules in the past, maybe guilty of breaking rules today. What I want to see is them facing appropriate sanctions, but they added that MPs had been allowed to do their other jobs, as lawyers and doctors, for hundreds of years. And on the whole, this had strengthened British democracy by giving them some experience in the world. An awkward truth for banditry is that, even though that is behaviour of just a few dozen MPs, has been called into a question. Most of them are controversies, which is in fact they cannot avoid. The Prime Minister's own handling on what's happening and his own attitude to the rules has infuriated many of his own colleagues, and that feeling has gone, not gone. But I mentioned that the allegations of corruption laid at the government's door. Boris Johnson has perhaps reinforced the criticism from the opposition 
even if by international standards. It is important to say the UK is nowhere near top of the list. Share Joffrey's 61 MP for Torridge and West Devon since 2005 is facing questions after video footage emerged of him carrying out paid war work. From what appears to be in his own uh, Commons office, the former Attorney General, who continued to practice as a barrister alongside being MP, was participating in a virtual hearing for an inquiry into alleged corruption in the British Virgin Islands. MPs are allowed to have second jobs, but their code of conduct says they cannot use public resources, including parliamentary offices, for personal and financial benefit. Sir Geoffrey denies any wrongdoing. Last month, Tory MP Owen Patson was found to have broken rules by lobbying the government on behalf of companies who were paying him, and for him using the uh, Commons office for business meetings, which is prohibited. He resigned from Parliament last week. Mr Patson has denied breaking the Commons lobbying rules, and says investigation into conduct of Parliament Standards Commissioner. Catherine Stone, who was conducted unfairly, Last week, the government blocked the proposal to suspend him for 30 days, instead suggesting that the whole system to investigate MPs should be reviewed, but ministers U-turn the next day, amid a furious backlash from opposition MPs and some Tories. On Wednesday, Commons Speaker Lindsay Hall said the controversy has been a dark day for Parliament and urged MPs from different parties to help move Parliament to a better place. Mr Johnson has been repeatedly asked if we apologise for his botched attempt to rewrite the rules last week, but has declined to do so. On Wednesday, Labour's Deputy Leader, Andrew Rayner, said his failure to say sorry proves that he doesn't care about attacking the corruption that was engulfed Stratton Down Street, his government and the Conservative Party. Instead of taking responsibility, the Prime Minister is taking the mickey out of the British people and won't clean up this mess. Mr Johnson has himself been found has broken MP standard rules on several occasions. In 2019, he was judged to have failed to declare financial interest in Somerset property in time. It followed a similar finding in 2018 when he was ordered to apologise over the late declaration of 52,000 in book whereas uh, royalty payments. What do MPs rules say? The Code of Conduct prohibits paid lobbying attempts to alter policy of government or other public bodies, the use of public resources including parliamentary premises for works not carried out as an MP or Minister. MPs must also declare any relevant outside interest when speaking debates or, talk or taking part in other parliamentary activities, including payments of more than £100 from an outside source, gifting token 300 or more from a single source in a course of a year. Um, it's, it's kind of worrying times for MPs earning money. I mean, if it is in the in rules and regulations that your only source of income can be as a politician, it's kind of, you know, the rules are rules. The rules aren't there to be broken. I mean, they're the ones setting out the rules of for the rest of us. So if they break the rules, I mean, what does that lead us, what, what does that lead us to believe? What does that lead us to believe? The weather you're all looking forward to, ladies and gents, weather that you're looking forward to over the next week, weather is soaring of minus two, 
Tweed for Weathering coming in. Essex Weather, UK set for t minus two Arctic glass. A storm wonder head toward Britain. The temperatures are to plummet over the next week. Minus two next week, so make sure you wrap up. Wrap up, strap up, and keep warm. Essex set for an Arctic blast in the coming days. A storm wonder head toward UK. Wintry and adverse weather conditions are set to batter Essex over the next few days. Temperatures are set to drop below freezing parts of the country with snow battering the UK in the early part of next week. The country is due to be hit by uh, remnants of tropical storm Wonder from Tuesday, which will bring more showers and gusts after the rain and, and gales at the end of last week that left parts of the Scottish borders underwater. The Met Police is not expecting the same flooding that led to a series of weather warnings, but the public will need their raincoats and umbrellas at the ready. Met Office Metrologist Dan Harris said the tropical storm Wonder is not far from the UK may indirectly influence the forecast early next week. The storm is heading across the east coast to Atlantic towards the UK and losing force as it goes, which means it may no longer be classified as a tropical storm when it arrives. Still, it is capable of bringing a washout to the country for midweek, while the wind could also have havoc to roads and rail transport. Met Office forecaster Aidan McGiven said, there was an uncertainty about how much impact Wanda will have and it depends on the way it reacts to a jet stream. There will be a bright start to next week, but an area of cloud, wind and rain will move in from the west. There is some uncertainty because it is associated with an area of low pressure that is moving towards Iceland. There is a possibility that Wanda will be picked up by the jet stream. And if the energy created by Wanda interacts with jet stream in a certain way, the jet stream can be more amplified. There's also developing area of low pressure near Florida that is moving north. Essentially, what we have got is a tropical storm and another area of low pressure. And that jet stream all interacting in a complex way during the next few days. By next Monday, though, temperatures are expected to have fallen according to the WX chart large parts of the country having sub-zero condition at the same time there could be a regular snowfall of around 2.5 centimetres daily. There you go ladies and gents, look what you got to look forward to in the coming few days. Having a quick short break and I'll give that news for the people. They need Rob to know. Some brilliant management and some fantastic staff. Can I ask the Secretary of State to ensure that those staff and management have all the support that is needed to ensure that patients receive their ongoing care? Secretary of State. Yes, I can give my honourable friend that a choice. Uh, the, 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 his local hospital uh, does uh, some excellent work in, in supporting uh, local people with all their uh, health needs, has done so for a long, long time. And uh, no doubt uh, the, the, this news will be incredibly distressing to many of the people that, that work in this hospital, all of the people that work in the hospital, and they will get the support they need, but also uh, the other necessary support for this hospital to continue uh, to do the, the, the good work in care that it provides uh, will remain and will remain very important. And, uh, well, nothing can undo the horror that the families of victims are going through, but I am pleased 
uh, to hear what my right honourable friend has said today. But I just wonder, uh, could he provide some further and better details on the time scale for the final uh, report that will come out of the inquiry? He mentioned an interim report early next year, but what about the final report? And when does he anticipate that the recommendations that might be made in that report might be implemented? Yes, uh, Madam Deputy, I'm happy to provide some more information on that. I have asked uh, Sir Jonathan uh, to provide the interim report uh, from his inquiry uh, early next year. Uh, it will take some time, I think, where our honourable friends and other honourable members will understand to, to have the terms of reference in place to make sure it's done properly. But I think it is important to learn some early lessons, especially around uh, the, the local hospital trust. Uh, and so I anticipate that might take around three months for that interim report, uh, but I just uh, would wait to uh, see the final um, uh, analysis of that by Sir Jonathan. Uh, the final report, uh, will, I hope, will be sometime in, in, in next year. I don't want to set a, a timetable now without setting, uh, knowing the full terms of reference. And can I also draw her attention to the, the work I've asked from the Human Tissue Authority as well, as well as the independent inquiry. Uh, I have asked them to do an independent review of their own advice to me on the current regulations. <coughs> Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. This horrific crime has shocked many in Tunbridge and Edenbridge and Morning who use the hospital. May I associate myself entirely with the words of my right honourable friend, the member for Tunbridge Wells, and thank my right honourable friend, the Secretary of State, who in his place has announced the inquiry that many of us have been seeking. May I also ask him to provide some resources locally for the Trust to reassure patients and staff of the actions he's taking and making sure that it's communicated to all the towns and villages that rely so importantly on this hospital, because we need to ensure trust is returned to this establishment if we are to have the care needed for all our communities. Yeah. I, I, I can give Thank that assurance to my honourable friend, Madam Deputy Speaker. Uh, th this will be, of course, uh, a, a very uh, difficult and distressing time for the local trust. I've already discussed that uh, with my colleagues in NHS England, and they will be provided the resources that they need. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker, and I want to thank the Secretary of State for agreeing to this inquiry. For my constituents affected, nothing is ever going to take away the pain and the trauma, but I hope this will at least provide them some comfort and assurance that this will never happen again. When David Fuller was first employed, um, DBS checks did not exist, and subsequent checks did fail to pick up his previous convictions. Can the Secretary of State assure us that this will be looked at as part of the inquiry, and will he look at this for the wider NHS? to ensure that we are, the people with convictions do not have access to sensitive areas of NHS trust. Yeah. Yes, Madam Deputy Speaker, I can absolutely give that assurance to my honourable friend. She raises, like other colleagues, uh, another very important point in that uh, I, I think it is, it is clear from this case that the whole issue around uh, checks uh, for employment, especially DBS checks, especially in, in not just hospital settings, but in the, in, in the settings of mortuary or undertakers, and I think all of this uh, needs to be looked at afresh. Again, I don't want to preempt the outcome of the independent inquiry, but I can give her the assurance that this will be something that will absolutely be looked at. Order. Order. <coughs> I know the speaker intends to make a short statement, and he is arriving.
From time to time, we talk about the House being at its best. I regret to say that I don't think the House has been its best in the way it's handled the standard, standard issues over the last week. I would like to make a few points about where we are now and where we might get to if we can approach this issue in a genuinely constructive and non-partisan spirit. In my role as speaker, in my role as speaker, I'm required to maintain strict impartiality that includes, for example, the responsibility of giving the House opportunity to consider orderly amendments which attract considerable support, whatever my own view may be of them. But I also feel a weighty responsibility to ensure that the House deals with these issues effectively, fairly, and that its reputation reflects that. The <coughs> issue is clear. Has resigned as an MP, and so it no longer falls to the House to decide whether he should be suspended. Although I note the House has not reached a decision on the Standards Committee report, I understand that the Committee on Standards is nearing the end of its. So, I lay John, we're going to crack on. I'm uh, overwhelmed that you guys are actually listening. I really am. Thank you so much. Um, you got inside the world of young conservative which is listen to that surely um as i say i've got to try and influence the youth today to join the uh, conservative party as well very very important very very important that um, we influence the children young the children of today youth of today to get involved in some form of politics anyway <coughs> Looking at psychomotor state, we have living amongst us. I like my criminology, as you know. Psychomotor state, the metropolitan lunatic asylums that have been let out on day release are running between the inhumane society that we live in. It's um, unfortunate. It's unfortunate that people turn to these things and not turn to uh, education, reading, or some sort. They don't turn to the crime. It is very shambolic. Essex Prime, Captain Man, repeatedly stabbed woman in terrifying attack. 43-year-old has now been jailed. 43-year-old has been jailed. Keith, par three man, he's 43. Man who stabbed a woman multiple times in terrifying attack has been jailed. Keith, powerful man, was convicted of GBH with intent after attacking a woman in Talbot Avenue Jail in September last year. On the evening of September 26th, a 43-year-old man from Clapton forced the victim, a woman in her 50s, to the floor before attacking her with a knife. The woman was left in a serious condition with multiple wounds in her arm from the attack. The powerful woman had previously threatened the victim over a phone, accusing her of stealing it from him the day before. Parfum man had also threatened the victim over the phone, accusing of stealing it from the day before. Crown, Chelsea Crown Court, Thursday, November the 4th, he was jailed for seven years with further three unlicensed. Invest investigating Officer Detective Constable Jamie Richmond from Clapton CRD said Keith Parfumman readily used violence and had shown little remorse for his victim. 
she's subjected to a to a terrifying ordeal and left her in a serious condition and needing hospital treatment. He is a dangerous and a volatile man who will now spend the foreseeable future behind bars. I hope this will help Victor move forward and I want to praise the courage she has shown throughout this process. process. Is he going to come out with another life chance? That is the question. Is he going to come out with another life chance? Worries, isn't it? Worries you. It does worry you. I miss this day. UK gathers for remembrance of deaths in military conflicts. UK has come together for Armistice Day and a year after ceremonies were distributed by the pandemic. Remembrance then was reduced by COVID restrictions with people encouraged to stay home and remember the fallen. With no more restrictions in place, people gathered at centre parks around the nation to commemorate those who died in military conflicts. The Duchess of Cornwall laid a cross amid poppies in a field of remembrance outside Westminster. Two minutes silence is held every year on the 11th of November at 11 GMT to mark the end of the World War in 1918. The silence is held then because the end of hostilities between Germany and the Allies was declared on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The traditional symbol of remembrance is a poppy with people wearing pins and laying wreaths of them in tribute. Dutch of Cornwall observed the science of, at Westminster Abbey ahead of the public opening of the 93rd field of remembrance. Camille laid a cross as she honoured the servicemen and women who sacrificed their lives in World War I and all the conflicts since then. A single gun was fired from Edinburgh Castle at local government officials joined members of the armed forces laying reefs at the Scott Monument. Meanwhile, a service took place at National Memorial of Wharton in Staffordshire and delegates at the COP26 summit observed the science. When is Remembrance Sunday? Remembrance Sunday observed the Crisis Sunday of the Armistice Day featured the National Service of Remembrance at the Centre Park in London. It will be held this Sunday. The Queen will pay a tribute at a ceremony alongside other members of the Royal Family, serving the former members of the Armed Forces, representatives of the Commonwealth Nations and senior British politicians. Like Armistice Day, Remembrance Sunday will see the nation fall silent at 11 to remember the war dead. In London, hundreds of reefs have travelled to major stations from around the UK and overseas from locations including the Falklands Islands and is part of the poppies of, to Paddington and roots of remembrance campaigns by the Veterans Charity. One has already toured the UK on Thursday, travelling up the Thames before taking to the tour Tower London on board HMS Belfast, a surviving World War II Navy ship. Just want to say thanks to everyone on my um, social media, YouTube. I'm going to keep the cast box running, you guys, so you listeners, stay tuned. Proclamation is gamuts. We are staying on board. So... Here we go.